place it comfortably. So this is the last talk I'll be uh, giving this session. Tomorrow is a half day. On the last talk I give, I usually like to um, focus my attention and my words on things that we can apply from this session in the outside world when we return to our everyday lives. And uh, it just so happens that I'm uh, coming down here again in a couple of weeks to Melbourne to run um, a workshop on um, mindfulness and couple therapy. And because that's on my mind, um, I thought I might share with you some of the ideas that I'll be presenting in that workshop in terms of how we, um, how we relate to others, not just intimate partners, but to people generally. And uh, to give this title a talk, this talk a title, um, Remembering, Forgetting and Returning to Intimacy. One of the definitions of mindfulness or the traditional um, definition of it in, in Buddhism is remembering to return to the present moment. Simple definition. Remembering to return to the present moment. And so one of the things I want to address, and I do address in, in working with couples, is really looking at what we might refer to in Buddhism as right speech. Um, or mindful speech might be another way of putting it. And one of the things I'm um, working more and more with, with couples, and doing it in a more active interventionist kind of way, is noticing um, where people uh, are in, well, they come in seemingly because they're in conflict, usually. And in the manner in which they talk to one another, um, because they're in conflict and they're triggering off each other's um, anger and fear and anxiety and sadness and so on, is that the speech patterns can become very disruptive. And one of the things I've really honed in on is looking at when people talk with one another, how much they interrupt one another. Like just jump in and, and, and uh, don't allow the other person to finish, finish their sentences for them, uh, want to predominate with their own view. Uh, that's very common. It happens in, in relationships of all kinds. And uh, if a couple come in and they're in that kind of pattern, then it's going to be a very unsatisfying one hour counselling session for, for them and for me. Uh -huh. And so what I do is that I much more clearly address people what it is they need to do in terms of developing mindful speech patterns and listening patterns so they're going to get the most out of the session. But this applies to all of us, you know, and applies not just to um, marriage partners, you know, but to in friendships and, and in groups as well. Um, and I think it's um, John Kabat-Zinn actually um, uh, particularly alerted to me me to this uh, this important point about interruption. And uh, what he says about it is that when we interrupt, 
we're not really being mindful of the other. We're, we're sort of being more caught up in the next thing we want to say. You know, so we're not really listening at all. And uh, we all do it. I recognise how I, I do it as well. And the last, since I've been focusing it, I've really been making a point of looking at when I do want to interrupt right? and then holding back. Sometimes there are times where we do need to interrupt, like as a, as a therapist, I need to interrupt other people's interruptions um, so something else can occur. Or to give you another example, um, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, I was at a neighbour's place and, uh, and then another woman who I didn't know was there that they were chatting with and uh, she just kept talking on and on and on to like a quarter of an hour, like holding court about things which didn't seem particularly relevant to anyone else, about you know, the new dress she bought and what her kids were doing in school. And after about 10 minutes or quarter of an hour of this, I decided to intervene and interrupt so that everyone could have a you know, more fulfilling dialogue. It can be appropriate to do it, but a lot of the time we just do it mindlessly. You know, we just sort of, we're just so absorbed. It's really, when we have a pattern of interrupting others, um, embarrassingly, it's really quite a, a, a symptomatic or indicative of how self-absorbed we are. You know, what we're really saying when we interrupt or we finish other people's sentences is really, what I've got to say is more important than you. Mm -hmm. That's what it's indicating. And so, mindful speech would be a matter of respectively listening to the other, let, let, letting them finish their, their line of thought, providing it's not too long. And then what I encourage people to do in mindful dialogue, it's not only um, watching their, being mindful of their interruptive patterns and stopping them, but it's also when people speak to one another, particularly when they're in conflict, so often people speak out of their head, they're speaking out of the, the narrative in their head. But it just takes a simple bit of um, Zen logic and, and Zen experience to see like from the experience we have of doing this session and the emphasis on embodiment. But if you really want to speak your inner truth to another person, you need to become embodied first. Now it's not just talking out of your head. Um, you need to come into your body and you need to stop and pause and reflect and, and come into the, particularly in that context, like what, what's the feeling in here? that needs to be expressed, right? and you stop and pause with it. And then if you speak to another mindfully from that embodied position, then something of your, your inner truth gets conveyed. You know? And perhaps more of your inner vulnerability gets conveyed, but that's true and that's, that's intimate. A lot of what happens in couple relationships is instead of vulner vulnerability being exchanged, it's a power struggle, you know, and then the vulnerability is not disclosed at all and it becomes too unsafe to. Right? And so the process of any relationship opening up into more intimacy um, requires that it's safe to open up into vulnerability and create vulnerability. So embodiment 
um, is a very important part of that process. So I, I rejigged my title of my talk from mindfulness and couple therapy to um, mindful dialogue in couple therapy with a subtitle cultivating interpersonal embodiment because mm-hmm. it's, it's an essential part of it. When we talk about mindfulness it seems to be about the mind which it is in a way um, it's paying attention but what we need to remember that the act of mindfulness is returning to embodiment returning to embodiment and to use the title of John Kabat-Zinn's book, Coming to Our Senses. A little bit more about that later. So that's mindful speaking, and what mindful listening is, um, is not only listening to the content of what someone else is saying, but also listening to the emotional tone in which they say it saying it anxiously or sadly or lovingly or joyfully. There's those two aspects that, all, that are always there, not just what people are saying. In terms of remembering to be present, not just in relationships but just in our everyday life, being alone, whatever, um, one of the important things is to remember when, when you take what we're cultivating out into our everyday life, is, is in the simple little acts that we go through, like walking down the street. I could walk down the street and I could be self-absorbed with all the things I've got to do today and um, how am I going to do them all and I've got to remember to do that. Or I can walk down the street and I actually can see the faces of the people walking by and I can see the flowers and I can, I can feel the wind on my face, you know, and I can see the, the clouds. That's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we can use any point in our life to, to turn it around to remember the present, any moment in our life. 